the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat. Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad, and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward, and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain Nutrition! Podcast. Chewing the fat. Oh, yeah. Episode four. <laughs> Could have got it chewing a fat one. <laughs> chewing on the fat one. <laughs> oh, buddy. Right, Joe. Subject today is going to be all things training, nutrition, for weight loss without your WhatsApp pinging every <laughs> 30 seconds. Bear bitches in the DMs. So. Or something. What's going to be best? Nutrition. <laughs> Shut up. Nutrition <laughs> or training for weight loss? Well, I would always start with nutrition because I have seen on several occasions, and anyone who has done this before may also know this, uh, when people start training for endurance events or any kind of event where you, you, know, you drastically increase your calorie burn rate, your output, then your input is going to match that to some degree. So what I mean is, the, the more you exercise, the more you're going to want to eat. Yeah, just like old Granny Walker used to say, you earn, <laughs> you build an appetite. So you work up an appetite. So if you're out doing chores, etc., cleaning out the coal shit, <laughs> then you are going to get hungry. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, so same thing. Um, we just did a video actually on this, but yeah, your body likes to stay in a state of homeostasis, which basically just means it likes to stay the same. So if you're burning 3,000 calories, your body goes, I'm in a massive deficit, give me 3,000 calories. So exercise alone, without controlling the food, is more than likely destined to fail. Yes, and you're not going to crave protein and veg. If your blood sugar is lower, your muscle glycogen is lower, you're going to be hungrier, so you're going to want carbs. And if you're already eating, I what, hate, cal- what do you mean by carbs? Do you mean craving for sweet potato? Well, no, it's going to it's going to be craving for for muscle glycogen. It's going to be craving energy, isn't it? Yeah. So, and I hate saying good and bad and low quality and high quality because everything's crazy equal and blah blah blah. But if you're eating a load of crap at the moment and you exercise more, you're going to eat more crap, aren't you? You're not going to reach out and suddenly magically start eating more veg and protein and brown rice and sweet potatoes. So, you'll then balance your fat loss. You might even go the other way. You know, a friend of mine did a triathlon and gained weight because his output went up. But his, incre- yeah, his input, the amount of food he went in, went up even more, so he gained weight. Yeah, just like when I was doing CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah, so it's very easy if you're not eating, I hate saying it, if you're not eating the right foods, you may well add fat because you're going to keep. You're gonna eat more of the wrong foods, eat more of the high calorie low satiety foods because you've not looked at ultimately what's the what has the biggest impact and as much as people like poo poo weight watchers and slimming world and everything and say you know you need to work on getting fitter and stronger blah blah it has helped hundreds of thousands if yeah. not millions of women lose weight by focusing on eating properly or calorie control even yeah if you don't want to say eating properly it is calorie control and i got into it a little bit online online me 
with a couple of Slimming World advocates from one of the posts. They were saying <laughs> it's not about calorie counting, it's not about counting calories. And obviously it is because the sins or whatever the system is, is all around calorie control. You have so many sins per day and it's that's all it is. It's you have so many calories per day. That is going to be, oh, bless you, Benson. That is going to be the biggest bang for the buck for your results is you have a calorie allowance. Everyone has their own calorie allowance per day, which means how many calories you need to live and breathe to, it's going to say, kiss and moan. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say procreate. <laughs> Possibly. No, so you'll need so many calories per day to keep your heart beating, you know, to breathe, to move around, to do your day-to-day tasks. I thought what I was saying. You're Obviously. talking about you've got certain calories to spend. Yeah. It's slimming world. So that's it. It's your calorie allowance. So that is how you so how you spend them is going to dictate how you get your results. If you spend all those in McDonald's, then odds are you're going to be very, very hungry. Or you're going to end up spending far too much and creating a calorie surplus. Yeah, that's what always grinds my gears when you see people going, well, so-and-so lost weight eating McDonald's. like... Then that's fine. As unhealthy as hell. Yeah, and also they're being filmed by a camera crew, or you know they're they're doing this to to write a blog online. Most people aren't eating McDonald's for that reason. They're eating it because they don't know what's better. I don't believe that for many people, but they just are into that convenience lifestyle. And they're not taking their health as a priority. People, you know, whoever's doing that under under a calorie controlled way will have been really hungry, and ultimately, when blood sugar's lower, your body is going to cry out for carbs and fats and if you haven't learned how to, to satisfy that then you're going to go for the, the lower quality higher calorie food sources and ultimately scupper your goals so it really does come down and to, to finding a way to make it as easy as possible so you can stick to it and that is going to be through having nutritious food I saw something on Instagram just gone a little bit of a, ram- a, little bit of a ramble standard where some bloke could put up 100 calories of jelly babies and 100 calories of strawberries and was basically saying as long as you portion control it's fine but the difference was you could have something like 25 grams of jelly babies or 200 grams of strawberries it was a huge amount and he was saying you know there's no such thing as bad food and I totally agree with that but most people will really struggle if they've got 100 grams of jelly babies to eat a quarter of them most people struggle to eat 200 grams of strawberries yeah exactly so I totally get the sentiment, but ultimately, if you're trying to help people, you should be saying, rather than having a tiny portion of this food that you struggle to moderate, you should have a massive portion of this food, which you, ultimately, you can't not moderate it, because, you know, it's like broccoli, you can't take in too much, you're going to struggle to get fat on strawberries, aren't you? Yeah. So, why not push people towards those things, or at least say, I would recommend you have this, because you're making it easier for people. It just it's a sexy sell isn't it you can eat jelly babies and lose weight you can but you didn't you know you got fat eating jelly babies so why keep pushing these foods that ultimately you've proven yourself unable to moderate and I think I guess it's just kind of the brutal honesty that some people have and I know that I'm not very good at that so I have to find ways around that and ultimately be brutally honest yeah <laughs> with, with my own consumption yeah. I think a lot of people will be of the belief if they can't cut something out or their lives will massively suffer or they have a overestimated belief in their ability to moderate but then you know those people often don't lose any weight or they they lose some weight and then they regain it and I'm not saying that I've got the holy grail of weight maintenance it's just the trends that I see doing what we do yeah and that's not to say that kind of 
having some jelly beans or some processed food or even you know some McDonald's or whatever is is you know going to ruin everyone's results. But it just makes it so much harder to balance your calories. So for ex- for example, when I when my wife tried to kill me and sent me on that coastal survival weekend for three days where I had to sleep on a beach under a tarp I stocked up on my calories on the way down there stocked up uh, I went to McDonald's so I got like uh, a signature burger large meal and a big chicken burger and then a drink and it, when I added it up when I was eating it it was like 3,000 calories for that one meal now I only Impressive. eat yeah I only eat like about 2,500 calories <laughs> a day kind of around about there and that was just the one meal. So then obviously if I had two more meals, probably not that size, but I'd be well over my calories without any kind of satiety that I'd normally get from a full day's worth of food. Yeah, without even pushing it, let alone, yeah. let alone if you tried to take the calories So off. normally I'll have kind of like four meals and maybe a snack, and that'll take me to, you know, two and a half thousand, two thousand eight hundred. Whereas I've managed to smash that in one meal and probably ate in about nine minutes. <laughs> it's when people say, it's that thing, isn't it, of, um, recommending calorie tracking and things like that and that's fine but most people do not eat these foods out of pleasure I would say you know if you look at most of the people that, that we that we deal with I would say half of the more than half of the high calorie episodes aren't from pleasure no they're from hunger or they're from stress or they're from emotion or they're from boredom and they all follow a lot of regret yeah at some point there's regret isn't there yeah you know often we see people say they're happy with their choices and they weigh in and go oh actually I Wasn't probably it. I probably could have toned that down a bit and it's the thing if I quite like the the science thing that says about you know the first three bites are the most pleasurable and speaking to a bloke recently who had four cookies at the cinema and he said I don't regret them I said are you telling me that the fourth one was as good as the first one like you couldn't have had two eaten slowly and got the same pleasure and he said in that instance some people do say no the fourth one is as good but I just don't know how much that I believe and it's it's looking for, for me and how to help people lose weight long term is look at the why you're eating and then find a solution that's not based in crap, low quality, high calorie food because it just doesn't help. You know, I think I spent so someone a while ago, I used to be really bad for kind of emotional eating and having a bad day and eating loads of crap. And I think that running sustained for, you know, just over three years now, you just presented day in, day out, sometimes, you know, with hundreds of clients and saying the same things oh I had this food to make myself feel better it didn't work next client same next client same and then the frustration of people not getting where they want and it was just seeing this you know hundreds probably thousands or definitely thousands of times because the number of people we've worked with that just was like something clicked in my brain that just went this is absolutely ridiculous like you need to stop doing this because it's, it's not helping anything you know people someone said to me once you know, all these bad things had happened to her and she just said, and I didn't want to add getting fatter to my list of problems, so I didn't eat any rubbish. Well, that's a really good point, yeah. You know, why why add, you know, you've come to us because you're in pain, so ultimately you then have an additional pain, emotional, stress, physical, whatever it may be, and then you're adding to that initial pain that you've come to us with. You know, for short-term release, with the, the dopamine or, you know, whatever it is, people feeling better short-term, but it doesn't make any difference long-term. And it certainly doesn't improve your day. No, it does very short term. Yeah, you've got, you got, yeah, like you got like, kind of like five, ten minutes of pleasure followed by 24 hours of pain because you're not where you want to be and the reason why you started. So, you know, exercise does have its place. Like I said, <laughs> and back on yeah, track. Yeah, back, back on track. I'll stay us in there. 
Um, I'll guide you in. Um, <laughs> you need to create that calorie deficit. The biggest bounce for the book is going to be nutrition. That is where people are falling down. It's not through a lack of exercise or movement. It does help. Obviously, it burns some energy, but then it has its pitfalls, as we already addressed, with it will make you more hungry. You know, going back to that kind of budget idea is, if I've got two and a half thousand calories to play with, you know, so that's my money that I can spend in the supermarket on food, I want to get stuff that's going to have the biggest bang for the buck. You know, it's going to fill up my trolley. That's going to keep me going all week. Sounds like a euphemism. There you go. <laughs> I just think about exercise <laughs> being like coupons. <laughs> so it makes your budget go a little bit further because then you can afford to eat a little bit more. You can, you know, be a bit more lavish. You can buy some more expensive things. So if your calories are your budget and then, you know, the exercises, the coupons, it helps you add a little bit more and you might get a little bit more bang for your buck. You'll get a little bit more of a calorie deficit or you might be able to eat a little bit more or get away with eating a little bit more curry, you know, cookies, whatever you want. But it's all about finding that balance. But for me, you know, nutrition is always going to be number one. You can't out-train a bad diet. That is so sadly true. Yes, I think just as you were saying that, it reminded me of something I read once. It was saying that one of the reasons we're overweight now compared to our forefathers is the population is less active because there's less physically demanding jobs and there's more sedentary behavior sedentary jobs which makes sense and you know is kind of undisputable but there are a lot of other factors there yeah and well the nutrition being the main one and the, the next point was if you look at the numbers of people running things like marathons and 10ks you know the numbers are absolutely ginormous it used to be you know if they're talking about the new york marathon saying there's a couple of thousand people used to do it and now there's hundreds and thousands of applicants you know people have found ways to be more active there's gyms on every corner yeah there's so many different ways for you to to be active you know home workout dvds and all these other things but ultimately the biggest change has been to our food because all this extra exercise you know these 24-hour gyms the marathon running everything else there's still a lot of very overweight people. Not just a lot of overweight people, but the majority. You know, it's a lot of fat people, isn't it? A lot of unhealthy people. Yeah. And it's, you know, the food availability. So even kind of going back to like our forefathers and stuff like that, then, you know, everything was, I'm not going to say organic because, you know, not eating organic food is not the reason why people get away. But it's, you know, high calorie food is so readily available. It's everywhere. There's no effort needs to go into it you know most people don't cook for themselves they'll just buy the food ready to go deliver it uber eats takeaways whatever yeah. it is and you know a lot of it's going to come down to lifestyle a lot of it's going to come down to almost like learned behavior uh, yeah you know kind of with first second third generations of people who who don't know how to cook um stuff like that yeah it's it's an interesting one isn't it behind the the availability of food and you know then they say now that if you want to eat healthily when you go to the supermarket to walk on the outside the perimeter yeah and that just shows how much you know if i think about where i shop east morrison's feel free to send me a discount if anyone's, Mosses. anyone's got any, any links i'm an aldi man then that's you know that's probably 30 different aisles and the outside that's what three or four so you're looking at 10 percent of the food is nutritious Stuff ultimately, if you spend your time in the middle, you can just walk past reams and reams, and you know, so many different types of breakfast cereals. It's all the same processed crap, it's just so easy and it is so cheap, isn't it? That it's yeah, it's very hard. You know, no one hasn't got a quid to spend on chocolate unless you are extremely, extremely poor. 
In which case, you're probably not spending your time listening to me and you, Chakra. But you never know. Possibly. So, you'll probably gather by, I don't even know how long we've been talking, that we've talked all I think about... it's nu- Friday now. We've talked all about nutrition. So that is where we're going to spend the majority of our time. If you're looking for weight loss, I'm sorry to say, nutrition needs to be your focus because it's not the lack of you getting to do a YouTube hit workout. You know, it's not a lack of high knees that's made you gain weight. It's, you know, the amount of food that you're eating or eating the types of food or the behaviours that you're, you know, you're partaking in, whether that is, you know, drinking a lot on a weekend or emotionally eating or, you know, trying to cut out food groups completely and then caving in after five days and eating them all. These are the things that you need to address and not, you know, should I go to a back-to-back spin classes? Yeah, I think it's just looking at the, almost the partitioning of blame, isn't it? So I'm working with a lady at the moment who has been eating little bits and bats off plan, it's been stopping her progress, and then she started training, so she's eaten better. And now she said, you know, obviously now she feels better, she's doing a little bit better. And it's quite easy to then go, well, the difference has been my training. It's like, well, the different, the trigger's been your training. But if you hadn't trained and you'd eaten well, you'd have probably looked the same. You'd have probably managed to maintain. It's because you've, you know, you've got the, the two sides of the, the coin. Double the, the double barrels. The double-edged sword, yeah, of you stop training and you've eaten shit. So suddenly your body's not going to be burning off as much, you're going to be losing muscle mass, and you've then added in extra calories. You know, could you have managed those extra calories with some exercise? Maybe. Could you have managed to maintain your shape without exercise? Well, definitely. It's, you know, it's, it's the two sides, isn't it? But mostly, it's the food. So I think to sum up... <laughs> Eat properly. Yeah. Address your food. Exercise is, you know, it's great for staying healthy, but it's not going to, you know, get you to your results unless you address the way you are eating. Yes. Agreed. And I believe that will do us for episode four. Thanks for joining us. Love, peace, and hair grease. Punchy. Punchy outro. Nice.